leaders need to be able to scale their impact. They need to be able to communicate through social media externally. And so you've got you know a lot more folks who are starting to do that as well. Yeah. So that's really helped the function grow and you know really become an important part of the company. Welcome to the Executive Communications Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruton, founder of Agate Executive Communications in Portland, Oregon. Every day, leaders are taking advantage of new ways to communicate with their clients, employees, and the press. From podcasting, video, and innovative tactics to engage on social media. On the Executive Communications Podcast, we talk with the people behind the scenes that are crafting the strategy and messaging for their executive teams and dig into the evolution of how leaders communicate to move their organizations forward. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Executive Communications Podcast. I'm very excited to have my next guest who is a veteran at Microsoft and we uh, did some work together in a prior life. Uh, Stacy Elliott, who's the Senior Director of Executive Communications for Microsoft. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you, it's great to be here. Well, I'm really excited to dig into a, a few different topics, but I think it's great just to start to learn a little bit about you and kind of your current role at Microsoft, but you know, some of the iterations of your career there as well. Absolutely. Well, I came into the company, oh gosh, it's going to be 25 years here coming up wow. uh, in the next couple of months. Primarily, my background was in public relations and marketing. So I came in as a PR director working on our consumer products because I had okay. a pretty strong consumer products background. And then from there, kind of expanded into other sort of aspects of demand generation marketing and then kind of took a right turn a little bit and started to work in internal communications, employee communications at the company, which was a very small group. We had about three mm. people for all oh, of Microsoft. Wow, really? Yes, and so I did that for a while, supported some executives as well, and then went into the advertising business where you and I connected, mm -hmm. and I ran a speaker bureau there. And then an opportunity came up about seven years ago to support the head of HR for Microsoft for globally, Kathleen Hogan. And, and I had known her for, you know, the few years before that. And just, it was kind of going back to some of my roots that I okay. had done exec comms before and, yeah. um, and working for her seemed like a really interesting opportunity. She was new in HR, but had come from the business. So it was a good opportunity to to work with her and help her get her communications out there and define herself yeah. in this new role. And I think it, we'll take a step back. I want to dig into your work with, you know, Kathleen a little bit, but you know, this term executive communications, it, when you started, it wasn't really around. <laughs> and so when you look at your career, like it is kind of like a I want to say a mash of all these things, but it's really interesting. Like you started in PR and then it's like you ran this internal speakers bureau and all these things is, is what we call executive communications today. So, I mean, just the term and the place in the organization of executive communications, when did that kind of maybe shift at Microsoft where that became a quote unquote thing? Cause like you said, there was like three people doing this and a lot of it was internal communications at first. Yeah, it really, you would think it really would have exploded when social media started to take off, but at, it actually started before that. It started kind of after one of sort of a defining moment in the company where, you know, we were involved 
in a case with the DOJ. Mm. And there was a lot of information that employees needed to know. And it, it really at that point, you know, we were so focused externally and we were a younger company back then. And we really started to recognize like, gosh, employees need to know a lot of this information first. Uh, we need to be sharing things directly with them and have a more concerted effort to reaching out to employees. Mm. And so we started you know, doing that. And I was, I, because I had worked on the marketing and PR side, and now I was kind of on the other side, the employee communication yeah. side, I worked with those those folks to really, you know, talk about, hey, what what would a good communication plan look like to begin really connecting with employees? And so, you know, over the years, I've, I've, I've moved out of that role, but it's really expanded. We've got some great leaders who have really helped build that capability within the company. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important function now. I mean, it, it serves a huge purpose within the company to help connect employees to information, to connect them to leadership. And we have quite a few people now within Microsoft doing employee communications. And then you sort of layer on the social aspect of it too, where leaders need to be able to scale their impact. They need to be able to communicate through social media externally. And so you've got you know a lot more folks who are starting to do that as well. Yeah. So that's really helped the function grow and you know really become an important part of the company. I mean, especially the company that you've been there, it wasn't necessarily very super small when you started, but now it's just a whole different thing. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's so I'm so happy to see that evolution and you know, now we have training for our exec comms people. I mean, it's really a a career mm. path for for people who come into Microsoft. So people coming in early in career have a ton of opportunities to explore in the role of communications. It's fantastic to see. And let's talk about some of the external part of that job. I know when we worked together, it was a leader that helped you know speak at some of the events I did. How has that kind of changed in the world of with social and just other things? You're kind of your own media company in a way. And for Microsoft, you own a social network too. <laughs> so how has that kind of played in with the, the external type of engagements? Is it more focused on, hey, let's just create more platforms for ourselves externally because we are able to do that? Or is it still important to get to these trade associations and things like that? Oh, I think all of those are really still important. I mean, COVID has changed, you know, a lot of that. But I will say that because there are things that happen at those events. I mean, you know that it's both being there to talk about what you want to talk about or or what you want to share, but also learning from others there. You know, it was one of the things that was so important from for me with the Speaker Bureau was, you know, when I would work with our leaders to go speak at those events, it was both here's the things that you know we would like to share, but they're, you're going to learn from your peers. You're going to develop these relationships with colleagues. And gosh, those are so yeah. important. I mean, especially as we're all like going through right now, things like hybrid work. I mean, we, we talk to all kinds of companies, those that are competitors and those that are not about what they're doing, because it's just so important to benchmark mm-hmm. with, you know, the pace of change. Mm-hmm. So those events are still really important, but I will say in terms of, you know, us having a social presence, it's both for the executive, but also for our employees, our employees, especially again, those, you know, those are who are maybe earlier in career, mid career, they've grown up with this technology. They've grown right. up with social media. They're very accustomed to being out there and sharing things. And so 
What we've done within Microsoft is create an opportunity to, for them to easily share. You know, we're, we help provide content. And then we also have folks who are working with executives to help them, like I said, scale their mm. impact. It was a funny story that, uh, not a story, but a sort of a reflection that someone said to me about, you know, the the role that we play. And it's like, look, Beyonce has the same number of hours in the day that you do, but she's out there everywhere, right? So having those folks that are really helping you get your impact out there and, and share is important. But that's not to say that, you know, they're doing it for yeah, you. So okay, let's talk about that. One of yeah. the things... Yeah. One of the things that I think is so critical that, you know, that folks understand who were in these roles is that at the end of the day, your executive is their own editor in chief. They need to be seeing, reviewing, evaluating everything that goes out there with their, you know, name on it. And so there's nothing that 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 I might be posting or other leaders might be posting that my executive hasn't seen, approved, edited. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe you make suggestions for them as you learn their voice, but 100%, you know, you need to be your own editor. That's super important. I think there's, you know, obviously some folks have cynicism around, oh, they didn't write that. They don't even know what's going on, you know, but it's not true, even at the highest levels of a a company like Microsoft. And you're almost more, it sounds like, like a a strategist for them, right? (laughs) Yeah. And someone who is helping to, you know, again, you can't be everywhere at all times, right? So, you can't be reading every every publication. You can't be evaluating all the content and doing the you know your, the important role that they have at the company. So there are folks who are bringing content to them and saying, "Hey, this is you know let, let's take a look at this. Look, this looks like something interesting that really aligns to your right. platform and something that you could share." And that's another good thing we could talk about is sort of how you develop an executive's like platform and what they what they talk about, which. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I mean, we'll get into that because this dovetails in what a topic that's it's overused a little bit, but it is important when we talk about an executive's authenticity and vulnerability. Now, that means different things to different people and different companies. So how does that play into, like you said, developing their voice and platforms that kind of uh, resonate with whoever the individual might be. Well, it's really important to do that and to spend the time to sit down with your executive and really understand what it is that they want to offer and what they, you know, what unique experiences they've had, what they can share. And I think that it's also important to be really clear about what those are. So, uh, you know, I'll give you an example with my executive we spent probably six or nine months talking through what are the areas that you want to focus on externally? What are the things that you feel you can contribute? And then we, once we define those sort of three topic areas, we don't stray from that. So for, I'll give you an example. One of the, um, one of the areas of Kathleen's platform is being an employee advocate. And so if one of her colleagues shares something on LinkedIn about, let's say, you know, customer, let's say Ford. And Ford has now is now using some of our tools and technologies, and it's it's great. She probably wouldn't engage with that post because it really doesn't fit within her platforms. But if that executive had said, you know, posted something about Ford using Teams 
and their employees are all going to be able to collaborate more effectively. She would comment on that because it sits within her employee yeah. you know, advocacy platform. So it helps you kind of not boil mm. the ocean and feel like you need to engage on everything. We're very clear about this is, you know, this is within the set of things that she talks about. And it also makes it really clear for your followers. If they start following you, they have an, an understanding and an expectation of what you're going to be talking about. And you won't be talking right. about these other other ancillary things that aren't sort of around And that's around like your someone platform. like you and your team come in so handy because we all see maybe folks on LinkedIn that they're all over the place. And it's like, you know, some of it's good, but I think having that focus and really helps them as leaders. But, you know, like you said, their audiences internally and externally, right? So. Absolutely. And those platforms can also, you know, they can also have personal components that fit into that. So for example, Kathleen is a single mom. And so when she talks about employee advocacy and working mothers and those sorts of things, she speaks to that from an authentic place and can reference some of her personal experiences. So, you know, health benefits, she's a a breast cancer survivor. So, you know, you can weave Mm -hmm. in some of those personal elements and they, they, they really do help in the authenticity and the vulnerability. Um, And that's important. It is. And it's aligned too, right? Because you want to be respectful and, but, you know, I, you know, the um, marketers in us might be like, hey, this could be something that's really impactful if you're willing to share uh, for other people who've gone through the same things. And, um, but there is that, that really, that's kind of a fine line, right? So it is. And I think that one of the things that I have in, uh, I've worked with several executives on this, you know, building this platform. And one of the things that I, Um, talk to them about is, you know, when you're first out there and you're really starting to build your following and you're starting to share, you don't need to share all the personal details. You reveal things about yourself over time. So as people get to know you more, they understand what you stand for. They understand the types of things you're going to share. That's when you can then start to Mm. share a little bit more Mm -hmm. about yourself and and some of those personal details. What does executive communications look like going forward? I mean, things change every day, so I'm obviously not going to make you uh, bust out a crystal ball, but (laughs) uh, things have changed in your role, you know, the past 10 years, quite a bit. And yeah, what, what do you feel like it's, how it's going to shift going forward? Well, I think we're going to see more and more people in this function. It's really grown a lot at Microsoft, Mm -hmm. which is very exciting. We are seeing um, a, a lot of executives really understand the importance of their social communications, their external communications. And so we're seeing more of them rely on the capabilities of people who have been doing this for a while or, you know, have a communications background in it and can help. So I think it's going to grow. I also think that the employee communications role, Mm -hmm. which is as a, as a yin and yang of, you know, yin and yang of um, executive communications is also expanding because employees want to be out there sharing and, the way that we think about it at Microsoft is we, you know, we move, we try to move employees from a position of awareness to advocacy. So if they are excited about what's going on at the company, you can make people aware of things. That's one sort of aspect of communications, but really what you're trying to do is inspire and create advocacy. And so 
they're all out there sharing. We have a hashtag called Microsoft Life and people, it's hashtag Microsoft Life. And a lot of our employees share content yeah. tagged as Microsoft Life because they're talking about the culture and their experience. And it is a way to mm. evangelize your company. And so, you know, we have 160,000 people out there, you know, globally talking about their experiences. And that can be a very powerful yeah. employer branding opportunities. So you'll see that increase as well. And then it, the sort of the third futuristic point or kind of what I'm seeing from a trends perspective is this role of of the employee communications is is also important for all the things that are happening around the world. So companies are taking more of a stand in mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. social you know for different social aspects, things that are important. And so being able to advise, help, guide in that area, both internally and externally, is really oh my important. Gosh, it's as a, well. it is an important role. And, you know, even for, I work, you know, I think you might know I own a small executive communications agency. We work with a lot of smaller companies that don't have, some of them don't even have marketing teams. So they're realizing how important this can mm -hmm. be for, for them, mainly as they grow for employees. So I really appreciate the advice. And maybe for folks that are coming out of school and, want to get into the field, what are some advice you have maybe for them? Well, being a good writer is very important. Being able to, I often, you know, when we're looking at uh, folks for the team or advising, or if I'm, you know, doing interviews, I look and try mm. to understand instinct. Like, do people have good instincts on what would you do in this situation? Would you, you know, share this or share that? How would you handle it? And so, you know, observing, paying attention to how things are, have been handled with other companies. Gosh, mm -hmm. that worked well. Boy, that didn't work out so well. I think that instinct piece is really important. But, you know, I mean, I have a journalism background, so I will say, you know, being a good writer and communicator, being able to, yeah. you know, express your, you know, uh, point of and view. Instinct is, is kind of hand in hand with awareness. And what I found working with a lot of younger people is like, they're so savvy in that because they're just, it's so native to them, what resonates in, in things. Um, it's the mm -hmm. opposite is people who maybe later in their career who uh, don't really get it. <laughs> so, right. So uh, it's, it's, right. uh, it's amazing working with some of these younger people, as you know, it's uh, just really incredible. And understanding mm -hmm. your audience, you know, as a, as a marketer, you're a marketer, I'm a marketer. You know, understanding your audience is so important, but it's not just understanding who yeah. they are, it's understanding what motivates them. And that can be different around a product decision versus an, an employee, right? So when you're communicating inside a company to employees, understanding their motivations, what matters to them, uh, why they're there is different yeah. than yeah. a considered purchase, right? So. Understanding audience is, is so you know the past year thing. you've worked uh, with your chief people officer, which has uh, probably been a lot of work. What's some kind of just leadership lessons or lessons you and the team have have learned going through this? Um, because I'm sure you just a lot of communications with employees. It's been pretty wild, right? It has been. I think that you know the resilience of people is you know has been amazing to watch. I think that the humanity has been 
you know, we've opened up the aperture on being able to understand each other's humanity because we've been working with each other at home. And that's been really refreshing. And I don't think we'll ever go back. I think that that sort of, I know some people, you know, have kind of an adverse reaction to the blending of work and life, but in many ways, people enjoy that. That flexibility is so great. And I think for us at Microsoft, I think the one thing that we really learned through this whole experience was that our culture and the decisions that we made to evolve our culture really helped guide what mm. we focused on during the pandemic. And that yeah. was impressive to watch. That was great. And so having a, a really strong culture, a foundation that is a shared understanding. So if we talk about the important role of communications, like making sure that there's a shared understanding of the culture and the values of the company, mm. um, that really helped us through. It, yeah, it I mean, was important. Like Microsoft and other companies go through this. Uh, you know, you again, you have some cynical people on that one side is, is like all oh, the, the missed marks. But I am, and I think like you, so optimistic of the stuff that you did accomplish and you did come together on, right? And so I'm really excited to to see going forward. And kind of lastly, what have you, can you share what your kind of work looked like going forward? I don't know what, if you've shared anything publicly for Microsoft employees or if you're still deciding that, but yeah, we're remote or hybrid. In terms of or, how we'll work? We're definitely um, supportive yeah. of the hybrid work movement, very much so. And I think that, you know, we we it's not lost on us that so many of our jobs are the type of work that can be done um, in a flexible model. So there are so many people who, you know, essential workers yeah. and they, they need to be in specific locations. And we do have some of those types of employees um, in many locations around the world, but many, many employees are, are able to have that flexibility. We've always kind of had that in our DNA, but now, you know, yep. that ability to work from home, some portion of the week, et cetera. And I, I don't think you know this, Dan, but I've been remote. Oh, you're old, you're with old Microsoft school frontier. For almost 18 years. <laughs> I know I was doing it when there was dial up. I, I don't know if your listeners yeah, yeah. even know what that is, yep. but boy, that was fun. <laughs> But I've been, you know, and, and I think that says a lot about our chief people officer hiring me to be her mm. exec comms leader. And wow. I lived in Texas and she's in Seattle and we've been making this work. Um, so that'll give you some of the sense of, I didn't you know, think the, I knew that. The, yeah. The tone and, at the top. Right. Oh, of, cool. Of our yeah. And so I live in Dallas. Um, yeah. Interesting. How, so how often do you think going forward, you'll go to the office? Is it? Uh -huh. Well, I used to go once a month and I think, I, and I enjoy that, right? So that time mm. for me is important. There's a lot of social capital that is built by being in the office. And I do think when I started way back in the day doing this, I had been at the company for seven years. So I had built up a lot of social connections and social capital. Mm -hmm. So it was probably easier to do that, but with the tech, but we didn't have the technology. Like we didn't have the technology where you could yeah. see people or be in a in a shared environment with people. Mm -hmm. And so the technology is it's such an, I mean, a I game changer to the make person it all before work. this happened. I always say, if you invited me to a video call, I would never turn on the video. <laughs> so how, how much things have changed, right? But <laughs> I know I was that person too. But and I, I, my my teammates would 
say, Stacy, you're not being inclusive by turning on your video. And I would say, you have to understand, I've yeah. been doing this for 18 years by listening. And so my, like, I look out my window a lot when I'm talking to people because I've just trained myself over the years to listen. So I'm trying really hard to, to, and yeah. I'm doing it so much more. Like, it, it's funny how you can learn, you know, a, an old dog can't I'm learn right new there tricks. With you, so I, I definitely say, I used to be on the phone so much. Now, you can, but... you can pick up the tone of people and is right. honestly, this sounds weird, but you right. can pick up some of the body oh, yeah. language even on a phone call. And so going back to that, absolutely, I be, I've lost that skill. I don't know. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Um, well, Stacey, I really appreciate you coming <laughs> on the podcast sharing. Um, I think it's really valuable, especially for people who might want to get into the field. Where can people maybe just find more about the work your team's doing or connect with you if you're open to it? Connect so with much, me Stacey. on LinkedIn. I'd love to do that. Thank you for listening to the Executive Communications Podcast. To learn more about our guest and have a deeper dive into each episode, visit agateexecutivecommunications.com. That's agate, A-G-A-T-E, executivecommunications.com.